Hi friend, welcome to the Quiet Connections podcast. Do you feel anxious and not good enough in social situations? Feel like you're weird, broken or don't fit in? You are not alone. Join Hayley and Stacey on a journey to quiet confidence. Picking up key insights to help you feel more calm and confident. So you can finally speak up, join in and feel like you belong too. Stacey here and welcome back to the Quiet Connections podcast. I'm not riding solo today. Nope. Today's episode is being co-hosted again with our lovely Quiet Community member, Julia. You had such a great time interviewing Fiona Campbell Howes in a past episode on self-care in the workplace that she wanted to do it all over again. How awesome is that? So in this episode, myself and Julia are chatting to Amanda Winwood. CEO and Queen of Hugs of Made for Life Organics and founder of the Made for Life Foundation. She's also a Reiki master, therapist and teacher of mindfulness. We're talking all about self-love and acceptance today, which I know can feel so hard for so many of us. It's a process that takes time and can present its own challenges as we begin to take those steps towards loving ourselves. So I hope that Amanda's experiences and her story inspires you to keep moving towards that place of compassion because you 100% deserve it. Hi, Julia. Hi, Amanda. How are you both doing today? I'm very well, thanks. Pretty good, thank you. Very good. Lovely. So, Julia, um, you've actually done an episode of us before which some of you might remember um, when we were speaking to Fiona and that was all about self-care in the business workplace type thing Um, and also you've done a couple of um, other bits with us before but you also already know Amanda a bit don't you? Yes, I do. Um, It's quite a funny story, but Amanda and I did a TED talk on the exact same day back in October 2019. And I I knew Amanda from from before, but also it's the first time I was actually meeting her. And her talk, her TED talk was absolutely fantastic. It was extremely inspiring. And um, and, and I thought she could be a great interviewee for this episode of the podcast. Um, just because after after we had both talk, we kind of chatted in the um, in the little kitchen room or the the, um, the little like gathering area uh, where we, where the, the event was taking place. And I don't know, I just felt this very intense connection with Amanda, very genuine, very human, and it really, really. I don't know I just felt really connected and really in sync and I think that um, her story and these vibes that she gives around to people and that emanates from her can be truly inspiring for the rest of the community. No pressure there then. (laughs) (laughs) And I must admit I I, um, attended that that TED talk which had both of you speaking that day which is obviously how I met you Julia and you were both so amazing absolutely amazing. So Um, Amanda would you like to start by just introducing yourself and you know what it is that you do and and who you are? Yeah for sure so um, I am the founder of Made for Life Organics so if anybody's uh, round and about in Truro 
they will know that the Health and Wellbeing Innovation Centre is next to the Royal Cornwall Hospital. And in that beautiful space, uh, we take plants and herbs and we still blend them in a way that we've uh, used for nearly 20 years now. So we take organic herbs and flowers, we think about the properties of them in terms of the, the, the actual chemistry of the, of the plant and then also the scent and we make some very beautiful skincare. Now, the interesting thing with that is that the skincare is, um, is really gorgeous for sensitive and sensitized skin. And uh, on my journey through uh, this world and this life and this business, uh, I discovered that 96% um, of people going through cancer were being turned away from spas. And, um, and we were doing quite a lot of work with people with cancer with our skincare anyhow. And I just thought, God, this is really wrong. So, so alongside the business, I set up a charity called the Made for Life Foundation. And we've done a lot of work with uh, women and men living with cancer. But we also go into spas and train some very beautiful rituals that are slow and calming and very nurturing that, um, that welcome, means that a spa can welcome in anybody because I think wellness should be accessible for all. So we've trained over 2,000 therapists, and I'm not stopping, uh, as Julie will remember, as I, and you, Stacey, as I put my pants of power on, on the stage, and I <laughs> yes. said, I'm not stopping until 96% becomes, uh, yes, throw those bar doors wide. So that's me. And I live in Cornwall and Spain, and I'm speaking to you from the heart of Spain this evening too. Amazing. I do actually, um, I did actually buy some um, some of your products for, for Christmas for uh, my family and for myself. And I can say that it smells absolutely divine every time I take a shower. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh, I feel like I need to get myself some. <laughs> Beautiful products. Thank you. So I'm glad, Julia, that you're using them because actually um, one of the the things that happens is I think um, it's probably become very evident too is um, we all need to look after ourselves and there's this this word that we think we're going to talk about tonight called self-love and uh, and a lot of um, the the thinking behind our products is is about the concept of self-love and and actually taking time to just give yourself a, a personal hug in whatever way that is um, that's really interesting I really like this idea so I mean when you talk about self-love what does that actually mean to you what does self-love mean to me I think it's about the art of being gentle to yourself and um and it's not it's not a, a normal natural state. I think actually there's even some research that women are much worse at self love than men. Hashtag just saying. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, as beings, we tend to we've almost got a, a habit of looking at our frailties, and I think women are exceptionally brilliant at beating ourselves up for. For, um, for not doing a good enough job often. But actually, if we had the ability to step back 
and and almost look at ourselves from a distance i think we'd probably ha- we'd cultivate the ability to think we're quite exceptional we're quite exceptional and and so the art of self love is is being able to move from that say space of self criticism to to actually almost recognize that there's a very beautiful little person inside of us that deserves our love and care and if we if we cultivate that gentleness and that kindness that we offer probably to a lot of human beings that surround us and if we cultivate that ability to do that internally and go do you know what you're you're really okay i i love you thank you for 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 giving me all the gifts that you have given me me um then then it it's then it changes your your ability to well, to even operate in these really really tough times i think that the that covid has um has forced huge tranches of of us to sit with ourselves for extended periods of time and and that's that's not an easy thing to do for anybody and and so if you can actually use that time to to cultivate a, an ability to just go you know what you're okay to stand in front of a mirror and go you are really okay i think you're a, a beautiful human being and 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 that's for me that's self love and and i you know this is taking it in its simplest form and it's not a it's not an easy thing to do you know people you say the word self love and people go ooh go you know can't do that and 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 because it's it's very close to to selfish um but it's it's so different to being selfish selfish is is when you don't care about others and and your behaviors on the, and how they affect others so actually in a way self love is the opposite of selfish it's um it cultivates the ability to love yourself and therefore love others i love what you just said there because one of the things that i recognized within myself when i started going down this path of um practicing more self compassion and finding more self-acceptance and that within myself was that I realized I had a lot of shame around actually treating myself that way. I felt like I actually had to um, criticize myself and be harsh on myself because otherwise I would be perceived as arrogant or ignorant or selfish, like you said, and that itself felt really shameful for me. Um, And I know I've recognized that in a lot of the clients that I've worked with as well, this sense of like it's unacceptable to to treat ourselves that way. So thank you for for bringing that up because I think that's such an important aspect for us to address and to look at that perhaps like when we do start to practice some of these self-love and and self-compassion practices that it can maybe sometimes trigger some of those shameful feelings and actually how what what would you recommend to someone when they're going down that route to to I, I don't know to start start this journey what would be like the first step well in spain there's a there's a saying which is poco poco little by little 
and I love that I love that expression so it's it's not it's it's actually starved on a journey of kindness you're not going to run down a track because often if you if you think oh I'm going to achieve great levels of self-love immediately uh, by I'm going to do all these things that make me feel better about life um it becomes it becomes a chore rather than a joy so I think there's um, a path to be had that makes you because I again I go back to we are absolute geniuses at feeling guilty women we're almost programmed to to do it um, but actually if you just do little things then it becomes um, more easy and that a little thing could be simply I will gift myself the the pleasure of of walking quietly through a park or 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 in a forest or i i will gift myself 15 minutes of just listening to my favorite music or reading a book so it doesn't have to be oh i'm going to go off and climb the himalayas and go and practice you know um, mindfulness and meditation and chanting on for a week <laughs> which is kind of a celebrity approach I guess but you know there are, and not of all of us will have the money to do that all mm. the will and actually we couldn't probably do it at the minute anyhow because nobody can travel but you know, <laughs> there are very very simple little things and the, the poco poco little by little is just a little something and and I think inside us all from being a, a child, we will recognize things that make us feel better about life. And that might be simple things like cooking your favorite meal. It may be just standing on a beach and listening to the waves as they come in and out and watching and seeing the seagulls. And you know, maybe it's being blown in a storm or, and maybe it's just doing yoga or just practicing breathing those are little things but you know what those things are what we're meant to do they're normal they're normal things that every human being has an absolute right to enjoy we have an absolute right to be healthy and well and to care for ourselves that's what we should be doing that's really interesting um that you say that because Usually when I, in my experience, feel um, practicing self-love and um, trying to get into that mindset and trying to implement it, poco a poco, as you say, um, I do find it's quite challenging because over me, there's always these external expectations from the world, whether it's from family, whether it's from colleagues, whether it's from society in general, that looms above our, our wish to love ourselves. And I find it really hard to um, do that, while at the same time, there's always a lot of comparison. There's always a, a lot of external expectations that you never seem to be able to, to reach. And my questions around that would be around how do you achieve self-love despite all of these expectations happening around you? Mm, that's a really good question. That's a great so question. I, yeah, so I think that in life, you at the end of our days, 
who are you answerable to? So, you know, I'm I'm 58 and I've got two beautiful daughters who will have an expectation of, of their mum and various other people. But actually, there's something about when people do that and you start to think, oh, well, they expect me to do this and they expect me to be this. You need to maybe, my, my thing that I would do is I'd sit quietly with myself and say, well, what do I expect from myself? If I was having a conversation with my future self, what would I like to be saying that I've achieved? And and how, because that, that uh, nobody else's opinion matters. Because my opinion about who I am as a human being is the one that's going to to see me through to the end of my days when I'm sitting quietly in a chair with lots of people maybe around me or in a quiet space. It's 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 maybe the thing to do is to to create a future history for yourself and to think about what do I expect from myself? And if I was 70 years old and reflecting on my life and my expectations of myself, who sh- who should I be fulfilling? Other people or, or just me? Hmm. I really like that practice. But what, what was that that you called it? A future reflection? Creating a future history. Future history. We've got all these things in our head and we've got this, the, you know, our, our brains. It's, it's, uh, Julia's got a great expression she's mentioned earlier about, uh, about these brains. We, our imagination is a gift. So if we can, and, and everybody's got an imagination, we were, it's our gift. So you create a future history and you imagine you sitting with yourself quietly thinking, do I love myself? And, and, and have I, in terms of my expectations, have I, have I been what I expected? Have I been what I expected? Mm. it's about taking the focus away from or I suppose like the, giving the power to everyone else and reclaiming mm. that back for for yourself for ourselves yeah. yeah yeah and yeah, yeah and you know what there's an amazing <laughs> word I found that there's a gift and it's a word and it's called no <laughs> oh I struggled <laughs> with that word yes me too I did struggle with Hello. it too. no <laughs> Can it, and, and you know, it, I think it's great to say yes to adventures and things that are we think, oh, but also there's a, an, a it's an amazing gift just to say no, no, thank you, or no, I'm not going to do, do that. And actually, you know, once you've said no once, it becomes really easy to get <laughs> so yeah, because otherwise. I think um, when you say no to somebody, I think most people expect people to say yes. Uh, and when you say no, 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 thank you. No, I'm not going to do that. N- no. If, if, you, if you say no because you're, you're dealing with potentially, I call them mood hoovers sometimes. So, you know, you're all possibly dealing with somebody where you, you, you just, there should be an energy flow. 
a positive energy flow with people that we interact with and it can be gentle and it can be kind it can be liberating but there should always be something beautiful there but so so saying no to people who don't make us feel okay is 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 okay Mm, I like that the way I like to try to remember that sometimes is that yeah every time you say yes to something you're also saying no to something else and if that no like if that something else is important to you and actually you're sacrificing something that's of importance or of benefit to, to you and your own well-being then you know that that's a huge sacrifice that that you're making and placing so much value on everyone else and and everything else around you but at the detriment of of your own energy and your own mm. sense of well-being yeah it's true so we could we can't control a lot in life but we can control this and there's a a lovely saying that i really adore and it says the difference between an adventure and an ordeal is attitude so so I think we're in the age of uncertainty which could be regarded as the age of adventure if you wanted to reposition and have a bit of fun with that amazing brain uh, that sits between your ears but it, it is that sort of thing of, of of just changing the focus and your thing that you just said Stacey about you know, when you say no to something, another door will open that will be a big, fat yes. <laughs> Everything you're saying, Amanda, resonates so much with me. It's um, it's really interesting. Um, I do have quite a few questions that pops up in my mind. The first one is with this whole um, saying no more often. Um, I kind of have a question around do you think that self-love and assertiveness go hand in hand? Hmm. Do I think self-love and assertiveness go hand in hand? I think um, yes, yes to a degree. I think assertiveness um, sometimes is used in such a way that you start to think of, 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 of people who are... Um, almost I think there's a confusion between assertiveness and aggression and I think there's a fine line um assertiveness can be construed as being um forcing your opinion onto others and your will but I think a a, I think assurance a quiet assuredness as opposed to assertiveness would be more about self-love. I think assertiveness is is um is an interesting word. I think probably if people maybe maybe I'm would be regarded as, as assertive. I I certainly uh, will you know I've got views of, about things if um and I'm very passionate about uh, this amazing planet and and so on and so forth. And so I can be probably quite assertive in some views about you know pesticides and things and <laughs> plastic and so on but I, I think I think Julia I'd use the word self-assured is self-love as opposed to assertive it's having that very quiet a quiet confidence there that is is like your anchor in a way mm. does that make sense yeah absolutely absolutely I can really feel the difference between the two 
uh, with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that word. Yeah, I think that's a really nice approach to it, being self-assured. Um, and again, like I, I talk a lot to, to the people in our community about this sense of quiet confidence. And again, that that to me feels very different to this um, perception of, of what many of us believe like confidence is, which can sometimes be misconstrued as, you know, um, aggression almost that it's about forcing your yourself into situations and being like I suppose a, a larger figure <laughs> in in certain situations where it's like quiet confidence is more about having that sense of trust within ourselves and that assurance within ourselves that actually we stand in our values and we stand in our truth and um and that I suppose whatever whatever situations that we come up against that we're we, we believe that we're, we're grounded enough to be able to manage and handle any of those situations. And again, like what you were saying, Amanda, I feel like that really is rooted in that sense of self-acceptance and self-compassion and self-love for ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, assertiveness has a role to play, but I think um, a gentle, quiet confidence that is, is, is rooted in, you knowing who you are and 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 actually we all will waver no one's ever going to be self-assured all the time that's illegal (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so uh but you know just coming back and and there's something about um as you about using the breath to to reroute with that just quiet space within you that gives you that self-assuredness so that you know that gentle almost instead of the inhalation it's just get rooted by the breathe out and come back to that space Mm. is that a technique that you use regularly honestly i i yes (laughs) yes yes it's the short answer to that um (laughs) there's a, a a lot of clinical studies and really interesting work around around this but you know uh for me if I ever feel panicky so I'll tell you a story so I I had to um get over to Spain to um get my Spanish residency thank you Boris and Brexit you who are um to to come over here and and you know it was a big adventure to to get here and then I I had to go into the police station in Tarragona and and Jeff, my, the hubster, had an amazing experience. He just breezed in, got the paperwork sorted out, and that was all great. And I could feel, you know, I thought, oh, well, my experience will be the same. I felt a little anxious about it because it's it's not often you go into a police station, to be quite frank, even more so <laughs> where, you don't, where Spanish is, is not your first language. And, um, and I had, uh, I didn't have the same experience as Jeff. I had uh two two women who um one one who told me that it was illegal for me to have a fringe in my new uh in my in my passport photograph in spain um so but she was i just kept saying I, and i used the breath so i was feeling quite oh my god you know i'm trying to speak spanish i've got a woman who's speaking very fast actually catalan and i just i i, I could feel a little flurry developing because and usually I feel stuff in my gut first so I could feel the the bubbles and I just thought Amanda Jane just take the breath 
And so I just stopped myself and just looked at her and I find smiling helps, you know, because you you start to send brain brain messages up there and the, the brain's going, what the hell is she smiling about? And the brain's going, well, it feels kind of greedy. Let's just go with this. But it, it makes you change your breath. So instead of going <gasps> like this, I go <sighs> like this. Probably didn't do it quite so heavily in the police station. <laughs> I breathed out and then I just smiled at this person and said, gracias para ti ayuda, which means thank you for your help. And she wasn't actually being particularly helpful. But you know what? It changed the relationship between me and her. So, yes, I use the breath all the time if I'm if I'm. Um, going to speak at a big event if i'm if i know i've got a big presentation then i'll i'll just quietly do some really really slow deep breaths and 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 i use that all all the time julia you know i used to use it when i was in the office and i used to think oh, people think she's a lunatic here so i used to go off to to the loo to do these little breathing exercises and i think I think my team thought I had an incontinence issue, but anyway. So, so yeah, so if I if I if I feel myself having bubbles or little anxieties, you know, I I I've almost trained my brain now to just go. And when you breathe out, there's something about releasing all those inner bubbles and that tension, and then it's gone. So that was a very long and a short answer for your question. <laughs> I love it though. You shared, yeah, a really helpful technique there that people can have a go at and, and take away. And um, likewise, I like what you said there about um, that you've trained your brain to respond in that way because I, I know from personal experience that actually when people first started telling me that I needed um, or that I, it I would be beneficial to, to try out some breathing exercises, the first couple of times that I did it, I was like, this is doing nothing. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, wow, this is all just rubbish. Like, this isn't going to work at all. Um, and it wasn't until a couple of years later when I tried it again and I had like some guided practice and stuff with doing it and actually stuck at doing that practice that I realized that um, over time and, and with that commitment and with that regular practice, if I can say that word any more times, um, <laughs> that your body does naturally start to, um, I suppose, like start responding more naturally when you find yourself in situations where you're starting to feel a bit panicked or you're feeling anxious, that rather, like you said, your body going ah, and like tensing up, instead it goes, oh, I know what to do in this situation. And that's just let out that exhale. That's and, it. Like that, but it does. It does take some time. It, do, it does take time, you know. Uh, and but but if you if you make it a regular practice, and every time you feel that little anxiety thing come up, if you just because when we're born, you know, the first thing we do is we we've been in, enveloped in this beautiful, safe, warm, dark place, being held, and 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 then we come out into a, a bright, cold place, and we and you know even our first breath is like oh my god what's happening <gasps> so it's, it's an inherent part of what of who we are so to reprogram it it's not going to come 
at the click of a finger. But if anybody wanted to have a little try, this is quite interesting to do this. So I'm not recommending that people go and stand in the sea now, but we've got all these people who are doing, you know, wild swimming and stuff. Now, if you want to dip your toes in the sea, our natural reaction, even in the summer in 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 the UK, is <gasps> like that. And then the whole body goes, <gasps> and then we try and stand on our tiptoes for as long as possible and, and immerse the minimum amount of, of our body in the sea. Now, this is a really interesting thing because if you if you actually reverse this and you breathe out instead of breathing in, you watch what happens because I promise you, you'll get into that sea more quickly than anybody else. You just have to breathe out, breathe out, breathe out. I swam on New Year's Day doing this. I can tell you. Oh. <laughs> That's a great yeah, tip. It's really interesting. And it is. It's just it's. Um, it works very well with with um, with 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 panicky uh, type effects. My, both my daughters have suffered with anxiety, especially around uh, exams and things. And we'd sit and and we just I just say now breathe out, now breathe out, now breathe out. But it you know keep, keep and and if you don't get it right straight away, and as you say, Stacey, it takes time. Just practice it and, you know, maybe imagine yourself in a beautiful space that makes you feel calm. In a, you know, maybe it's a beautiful forest and you can hear the sound of, the, of, of a gentle breeze coming through the leaves and that you can smell the scent of the pine and the wood. And maybe there's some bird song and something that makes you feel calm. Or maybe you're standing with your feet grounded on some warm sand and you can hear the sound of the sea coming in and out and you create this beautiful image and immerse yourself and that that's a I find that for me those are two spaces that I I found as part of my practice they just worked they worked for me yeah that just reminded me of um a couple of years ago when I was graduating from the social the Lloyd School for Social Entrepreneurs program and I was about to do a presentation in front of a room of a hundred people and I was absolutely terrified. Um, but before I went on stage and I sat on like the side of, of the stage waiting to go on and I just sat there in front of everyone and was like, did some breathing exercises. And as I was doing that, I was visualizing being on a beach with feeling the warm sand underneath my toes and just feeling like the water kind of as it laps over your skin and feeling the warmth of the sunshine. And yeah, it helped so much, so much. And like, I still to this day feel like that was the best presentation and bit of public speaking that I've ever done, which was huge for me because usually I would be like a shaking mess and my legs would be shaking and it would yeah just have been a horrible experience but having learned some of those practices and I think also giving myself permission to know that it would be okay if even if it did go wrong Hmm. was really really helpful well done you very good yeah (laughs) it's it's great that you're you're sharing these tips and and all these um I would say helpful behavior Amanda that you've put in place throughout the time but I was kind of wondering how did you start that journey of self-love so I think where where does a journey of self-love start I think probably when we're we're all little 
we you know when we're bumbling around and we're really little and and we actually love ourselves don't we as a child I don't know many children who who sort of uh, when in our really early formative years aren't just we love ourselves but so so to answer your question I think um an awareness of of um of of gifting time probably started with um I I still have a very vivid memory of being a seven-year-old child with my mum um taking me along to uh yoga classes uh in the heart of Cheshire with possibly one of the only Indian ladies who was in Cheshire at the time because it was not multicultural at all in Cheshire and this beautiful Indian lady moved to uh, our village where I was brought up and mum my lovely mum uh, started yoga classes with her and, and got a group of women to go and do yoga and as a, a seven-year-old child I remember going to Mayor's house and I remember watching these women stressed housewives and 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 sitting at the back of of this um this room because I was pretty sickly as a child on and off and and I remember walking in and the scent of spices the warm spices in in this house that that and and the and mayor's um studio was full of light and and I watched with these women as a seven-year-old child I rem- still remember watching these women have an hour of, of of and see them move from being tense and and you know all, all this sort of thing to just being serene so I think I, there's a there's a nugget Julia inside from there that's probably sat there a little nugget from being a seven-year-old but I think my um you know, as a, I went through quite a, a, a challenging childhood. My mum left um, our family home when I was 13 to run off to Spain to live with an artist. Um, and, and my dad was um, not the easiest man at all to live with. He hadn't been very involved in, in, in Kate, my sister, or my upbringing. So he was pretty hopeless and could be fairly aggressive at times. And um, and 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 so I think that you know, in in terms of self love, I don't think I loved myself very much as a teenager um, because I, you know, I was left with, well, why did Mum leave us, and all of that kind of thing, um, and and my and why is Dad being like this? So I think probably it took me really until my probably my thirties to actually go to stand in front of a mirror and and I I I was I was working I I was signed up to do some training because I was really interested started to be really interested in how does the brain affect your behavior um, and I'd studied um, to be a massage therapist and done all sorts of interesting work which again was probably rooted in well-being but I I, I do remember sort of taking a long hard look at myself in my 30s thinking you know I think it's probably you've done enough beating yourself up for who you are and it's about time you actually just need to 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 go you're okay and I reflected on 
some of the stuff that I'd done that was pretty amazing you know launching I launched corporate hospitality onto Tower Bridge and I did all sorts of raising fundraising and all sorts of things and I thought you know what you're okay actually so please don't you know and don't let your childhood and all these feelings that you had as as being um, not good enough because of your childhood to 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 create a future history that you don't want create your future history so I think it started Julia really when I was in my 30s that I started to to really do the work and I think possibly you know some young women will will start down this maybe I've seen my my Hannah in her early 20s start a real massive transformation but there's still I think when you're in your early 20s you you, it's you said something earlier, Julia. Uh, you know, we go around trying to please other people and live up to expectations and so on and so forth. And I think until you go through that and and have had a big chunk of a journey uh, in life and and are in your sort of mid twenties, maybe uh, for me personally, it was my early thirties that I just thought, actually, Amanda Jane. You need to live your life and you need to be proud of the woman that you are. So there you go. How powerful was that? <laughs> that was really beautiful. And um, yeah, there's something you said there that I feel like really resonated around needing to go through those experiences. That feels like something that I've been reflecting on quite a bit recently of like all this, all the things that I've, experienced in life and all the things that I've been through that have been painful and that have felt like a struggle I've been sitting here recently thinking like there are lessons within all of that and I've had to have experienced all those things for me to learn important aspects about who I am and what I'm mm. capable of and what I'm here to be who I'm here to be yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was really beautiful thank you for sharing that thank you yeah, I, I feel very much the same um, around exactly that, that that thing that you said around experiences, that it's um, it's also building ourselves and becoming uh, through all those experiences that we go through to actually get to a point where you decide where which direction you want to take from all the information that you've gathered and all the, the emotions you've experienced. Um, so yeah that's thank you for sharing that Amanda that's, that's okay I think that that definitely resonated with me and I'm sure it will resonate with others <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this right now going oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> and if not then perhaps you know starting to offer a bit of a different perspective on perhaps some of the things that people have experienced in life yeah there's a lot to do here around letting go of the of the past as well um uh which which i feel is also part of the journey of of self love though i do find it's quite hard to do <laughs> um i still feel that it, it it feels to me amanda that there's also this this part of letting go process that goes on uh, to love, love ourselves our present selves a bit more definitely and i think you know it's um well, we start off and we, if we in in life and we take our first steps and we're light and we skip along, don't we, as children? And then we hit school 
and then what happens at school is is um i think we start to accumulate the baggage of life so you know if you're brilliant at school uh, and you you're made to stand up in the in the class because you've achieved an a in 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 an exam or something like that and your best friend got d you you kind of think, oh, I did so well. And then you think, oh, God, I feel so bad because my best friend didn't do so well. And now I think maybe I shouldn't do so well. And, and you know, we, we accumulate all these this baggage and pe- people's expectations, our expectations of ourselves, things that have hurt us, people, things that we've done that we, we think may have hurt others. And we, we carry this thing that becomes a, a sodding, great, huge, heavy rucksack full of bricks and and actually it's a joy to skip through life so I highly recommend that if if you have if you have a a huge great rucksack that represents the baggage of life with all your hurts and pains and grief and sadness take it off your back dump it on the side of the road and skip along away from it and say goodbye thank you very much you're gone that's amazing. That again, that just reminded me of a practice that I did a couple of years ago that involved um visualizing carrying a backpack that had loads of limiting self-beliefs in and then taking off that backpack, putting it down and picking up a new one that had loads of like more um nicer beliefs yeah. <laughs> and a new story about myself. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's um... And again, there's still still can be a challenging process and yeah none of this is simple yeah. you know it's easy to talk about it but it, it's 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 it, it's like everything in life it's it's having a self-awareness and 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 being kind to yourself maybe you know maybe there should be a new word and and we all talk about mindfulness maybe there should be kindfulness Maybe <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Maybe we should be kind. There should be the act of kindfulness, where we're kind to ourselves, and 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 maybe that sits alongside mindfulness. But it's just a, a, a I'm I'm going to be aware, and I'm going to be kind to myself because I deserve it. And we all deserve we it. Yeah, <laughs> as the famous words of that advert for some makeup brand isn't it uh, because I'm worth it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> I think yeah, I think we mean a uh, made for life <laughs> yes, <of course. laughs> but, yeah. so the art of kindfulness okay. that's what we need to do that's beautiful that's a good that's a good word <laughs> Lovely. Um, so Amanda, just to start wrapping things up, what um what words of kindness do you have that you could extend to to our quiet community and to those who are listening to this podcast right now? Well, um I've mentioned my very lovely uh spirited mum who decided that she was going to be brave and follow her her life uh where from being deeply unhappy and um so on and and she she wrote me uh a, a, a long poem uh not long before my 16th birthday and and um she wrote it and she died about three weeks after she wrote it so 
but you know the words have stayed with me like an anchor and there's some wisdom there so I thought I'd share them because I think they will resonate with with some of some people listening I hope they resonate they've been they've been my anchor from from 16 year old and whenever I felt adrift. I've come back to these words. So I'm, I'm just going to share a, a couple of passages from the, the poem that she wrote me, if that's okay. So, yeah, that's absolutely. So, so what she said was, she said, have confidence, be brave in this wide world. Fear nothing, for fear is a canker which gnaws at the core and damages the fruit. But fill your heart with love, for love is at the root of all life's joy and mystery. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, it's a pleasure. And I think that, you know, for me, that kind of sums it up. And the self-love is love for love is at the root of all life's joy and mystery for yourself and for others well that seems like a really lovely place to to end this conversation although I'm sure there is so much more that we could all be talking about (laughs) so thank you so much Amanda for coming on and sharing all of your beauty and your wisdom with us all and thank you Julia for um co-hosting with me today it's been such a pleasure speaking with you both oh it's a pleasure thank you it's been great thank you very much thank you for inviting me you're very beautiful and for anybody who's listening you need to say this to yourself I love you and it's going to be okay I love you and it's going to be okay wow powerful words at the end there it's easy for us to underestimate the impact our choice of words have on us and how we feel about ourselves But science has proven that words that are rooted in love, compassion, and joy have a higher vibration that rings throughout our bodies, which directly impacts our energy and our emotions. So have a go at repeating those words to yourself on a daily basis with an open mind and an open heart, and just simply explore how that feels for you, and with time, what difference it makes. We can't wait to share next week's episode with you out on Tuesday. So be sure to tune in again. And in the meantime, stay connected. Thanks for listening. You can find the show notes from this episode at quietconnections.co.uk. If you found this episode helpful, then please tell a friend about it or share on social media. With gratitude for the support of the National Lottery Community Fund.